0: podcast. I'm your host Kirk Kinsey and with me for the first time in a long time is Josh Cacho. Josh, how are you how have you been, man?
1: You know, I think just like everyone, been trying to uh survive and manage, you know, my life through through the pandemic and some of the things that have been happening. Um, you know, I work in private practice physical therapy and so trying to figure all that out. So I think I've been seeing somewhere close to a hundred patients a week by myself since, since everything started. Wow. And so fortunately it's starting to get back to normal and, you know, like, like a lot of things. And so here we are.
0: Now, have you been doing like a lot of telemedicine?
1: I or- was at first. Um, but i think a lot of patients just were like tired of being at home you know like everyone just kind of getting restless and you know mm-hmm. we're doing all the precautions screening everyone before they come in doing all sorts of things and most people aren't coming in if they're sick um, and there's enough w- widely available testing in san marino mm-hmm. county where people have been able to get testing should they need it um at least in in the area that i live in so um uh, you know it it's one of those things where you know obviously it's it's it is a risk when we go out there but it's what we signed up for right so you know it's yeah. part of healthcare
0: yeah i've uh, i don't think i covered a single surgery during the month of april everything when everything was shut down um and then it kind of picked up back picked back up again in the or and then at this point because flagstaff is so close to the reservations here in arizona and because of the way that COVID has run through the reservations. We've, we've seen a lot of patients, uh, in our ICU here in town. And so it's kind of like, I'll get a phone call on Tuesday night saying, Hey, all of our elective cases on Wednesday are canceled because of, you know, we had too many patients come in today. So it's kind of like a day-to-day thing out here with, are we going to work or not? So it's, uh, it's been interesting for sure.
1: Yeah, not ideal times, but you know, I think we'll we'll figure it out and make it work. At the end of the day, that's all we can do.
0: Yeah, I am. I am very excited for some sports to come back. I think it'll do us all some some good to be uh, distracted. Uh, whether you think that's a positive or a negative, I uh, I think we need something else to to occupy our minds at this time, um, just so we can go back to <laughs> at least pretending to like each other for superficial reasons Um, because it is, it is definitely uh, pretty crazy all around and it doesn't seem like there's answers coming from anywhere. So Josh, have you seen anything? Well, I guess, I I guess we, I guess you have seen something to make you very happy in the last week or so. Congrats on the uh, Liverpool title. Any thoughts on that one?
1: I mean, so while you know like i started following liverpool in 1998 um right around the world cup the that world cup season because i you know like it was the first time i ever really paid attention and watched it and um michael owen was killing it and so i was like oh that's going to be my team and then i got to kind of continue to follow them later on and then obviously istanbul later on so it's been different because i don't necessarily you know like i've had i've been around for those champions league wins and those moments, so then it doesn't hurt the same way that it does for other people, right um yeah, To you know to have not seen you know to have lived through you know maybe you were you know six, seven years old in nineteen ninety when they last won the last um when they won their last um league championship and then to go thirty years between the next one. Right, I mean, I, can ima- I can't even imagine what that means for some families and stuff like that, you know. And so, you know, it's, it's been neat to kind of, you know, take it all in and experience it. And obviously, you know, like just really to see everyone kind of now be able to appreciate Jurgen Klopp for the, the amazing manager that he is, um, you know, I think is probably the thing that I I've, I've appreciated most about now, the aftermath of everything. It's like, you know... <coughs> It was easy to be like, oh, well, he hasn't won anything. Well, now he's won a lot, right? He's won a mm-hmm. uh, uh, Champions League and he's won a league title in a way that no one has really done previously, right? Um, you know, yeah. especially coming out of the Premier League, you know, at least in a while. So, yeah, I mean, as I said, it's been good. It's a it's a it's a different type of team that I think we've seen dominate, you know, in in the way that they did they have, and we'll kind of see what they they decide to do going forward. Um, I know their ownership group, you know, has been hit, just like most of them have been hit with, co- um, you know, financial issues with um, coronavirus. So mm, we'll kind of see what that looks like going forward and how they spend, you know. But you know, now that we're there with Nike and everything like that, you know, they're going to be linked to you know, Mbappe from now until eternity. So we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, I, I, I have followed Liverpool loosely. Um... I, I I always find myself uh with friends who are Liverpool supporters. I don't consider myself to have a team in the EPL. Uh I just like watching it. So I will watch whatever seems interesting. And for the fa- for the past few years that has been Liverpool and Man City for me. Uh I've always been a big Jurgen Klopp fan. Um so it was a natural fit for me to kind of follow their story and uh as you said, it, it's good to see him win it in this fashion. I think uh, if you compare the way the roster looked when he took over and the way it looks now after he's fashioned it to exactly what he wants, and obviously Liverpool is going to give him all sorts of resources that he wouldn't have at smaller clubs, uh, but it is, it is cool to see them get one. It is also fantastic to watch Man U fans just melt down over this whole situation on Twitter. Uh, the Schouten has been spectacular, and I love to see it <laughs> uh, as just kind of a neutral observer. I just love to see them uh, hating it so much. So, uh, of course, that wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for a goal from the Wonder Boy, Christian Pulisic, uh, who scored an incredible goal uh, to open the scoring against. Um, that was Man City, right? Just earlier this mm-hmm. week. That they, um, so he picks up the ball on a kind of a, an errant pass between the center backs and takes it, you know, 50 yards to the goal. And uh, I, I've been watching more and more of his highlight films lately, and it seems like he really does have that kind of low curler to the back post down pat. He, 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 that's a finish that I didn't realize he used so often. Um, but I thought it was kind of poetic that uh, Christian Pulisic, who at I think at one point when he was leaving Borussia Dortmund, was linked to Liverpool and ended up going to Chelsea. Obviously, uh, to see him help his old coach uh, win the title like that.
1: Yeah, I mean it's hard to, to you know like obviously if you're if you're him, you know would you want to go and sit behind Mo Salah on that right you know or behind Sadio Mane for who knows right. how long. Right, those guys are at the top of their game. You know they're winning the most important trophies out there. So again, like if you're gonna make a move, you got to go somewhere where you're you're where you're gonna play. And then obviously with Timo Werner heading to to Chelsea next year, as well as Hakim Ziyech, and rumored that they were gonna bring in um, the guy from um, Leverkusen, um, Kai Havertz, right? Mm. Who was you know and really another you know attacking midfielder. You know he was going to have to do something to earn his place and earn his stripes, and you know, thus far, I think over the last, you know, out outside of Kaylor Navas, it's hard to you know to find a North American soccer player who's made the type of impact that he has over the last week or last couple of weeks, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like you know, like Alfonso Davies was the only thing you could talk about, but for the longest time, right, for the first couple of weeks when Byron was back. But yeah, what best what best resistance? World, did, right? Yeah, but what <laughs> but what 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 did what resistance did Bayern really face, right? And right. Then again, what what has he done? You know, what has he won yet? Right. I mean, again, he mm-hmm. has he won a um, you know a, a the German the Bundesliga title, but you know, when has Bayern not won it as of late, right? And so, in, until you know, again, don't you know don't. Don't come at me with his Alfonso days of the best left back in the world, because Andy Robertson will probably, you know, have something to say about it, and probably give him a little slap on the back of the head, like he did Leo Messi, um, as they as Liverpool came back to beat Barcelona three you know four nothing in that second uh, leg at Anfield. So
0: yeah, I think there's I think there's at least five or six guys that you could rattle off the top of your head. Uh, that anybody in their right mind would choose over Alfonso Davies at this point. That's not to say that the kid isn't a fantastic player, because I th- I think that he is. Um, I also happen to think that you the U.S. commentariat or soccer commentariat, as it were, uh, is very interested in making sure that Alfonso Davies uh, receives all the credit that they think he is due because they feel like it reflects back on the league and the system in place here. Right. So, I mean, I think that's why you see Alexi Lalas who clearly has a penchant for um, saying inflammatory things just for the interaction. Um, I think that's why you see him going on his show and saying, Oh, well, he's the best left back in the world as if Marcelo or Robertson or Alexandro don't exist, uh, which is just silly. Yeah, so, I mean, and,
1: so. and, and and that's the thing. And so, wh- again, it's the same reason why you'll probably see more Tyler, you know, like they're going to be rooting harder for Tyler Adams and Weston McKinney, right? Even mm-hmm. though McKinney, you know, has has done more so far. I mean, like, Tyler Adams has shown flashes of being good, but is never healthy enough to do it. And they've already moved him to right back, where apparently he wasn't supposed to be, right? You know, like he mm-hmm. was, a, you know, he's supposed to be there the center midfield destroyer, right? The only... The only player that hasn't been moved out of their position has been Pulisic and Weston McKinney, right? They have basically just stayed at center mid and and left wing. You know, Pulisic I mean, Berhalter
0: goals. has tried to to move him with, at least with the U.S. Is that are you talking about with the U.S.? Or? No, I just mean with their club teams. Oh, okay, okay, right. With their club yeah. teams,
1: like they haven't been refigured. You know, like is Alfonso Davies may be may have the potential to be a, a world class left back, but did Byron see enough in him to be let him take over for you know was he going to beat out uh, Serge Gnabry or or Kinsley Coman? I don't think right, so, right? right? Otherwise, they would have done it. Um, so mm-hmm. again, obviously, they, they, there's there they they see a ceiling there somewhere, right? In terms of what his what his skills are are able to do, right? Where Pulisic's proving at the top level that he's a world class winger. Right, I don't don't really know how else to say. I mean, maybe I'm giving a little bit too much credit, and he needs to stay. I mean, when he health is obviously his biggest bugaboo, mm-hmm. right? But now that he's actually scoring goals, also right, which is the one thing that I wasn't sure he 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 really showed at Dortmund because he was more of a, they asked him to be more of a provider, right? It was get to the well, end he line. Played, the
0: he Also played a lot on the right wing at Dortmund. Yeah, which, which and, I don't and, think and, I think him as an inverted winger is his natural position to open up his scoring
1: right on the yeah, left hand side yeah. versus on the right. It's get to the end line and hit that cutback. Across the face of goal, so that way, Aubameyang yeah, yeah. or whoever else with their striker could now get on the end of it. Rich, they did well, right, doing that uh, when he was there. So, you know, again, I think it's actually served his game well because now he can do either one, right? Like no matter where you put him, he's gonna he can make yeah. an impact. Um, you know, but again, it 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 does a disservice to the players as a whole when you have the agenda coming from you know from the talking heads that you know from the league from from the American sports soccer media because again I think they they have a bone to pick in trying to prove that you know MLS is the on, is the only path, right? Um, yeah and I mean forward. it is
0: it it's hard it's hard not to notice when Alfonso Davies, you know, makes an excellent recovery run from far up the pitch is, you know, as a counterattack is is being sprung against Bayern and the entire MLS uh, talking head sphere is melting down Twitter about you know oh he ran this fast and it was he's he's the best left back in the world but Christian Pulisic puts on a dominant performance against Pep Guardiola's Man City and it's you don't you hear nothing which or is just really criticism yeah yeah uh, I think Matt Doyle finally said something about it today and it was basically just poo pooing the idea that he was. Uh, world class. It was basically well. Well, he's not landed Donovan yet, so calm down, everybody. Which is just—it's crazy considering what all these guys have done for Alfonso Davies, and especially when you consider that they're looked at as the experts when it comes to the U.S. Men's National Team. Um, also, I'm not convinced they still don't realize that Clint Dempsey is the goat, not Donovan. Yeah, I
1: mean, again, yeah. maybe, maybe this is me with my LAFC hat on, but. Uh, I'm not 100% sure that Landon Donovan was ever world-class to the extent at which we expect world-class to be, right? Did he do it at the toughest, yeah, at the highest yeah. level? You know, at, did he perform at the highest levels, right, of 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 the competition and sport? He went to Everton and did nothing. Okay. Mm-hmm. He went to Germany and flamed out because he was homesick. Okay. So you come back and you're a big fish in a small pond in MLS and tear it up, yeah, whatever. yeah. Right, like oh yeah i don't i i can't I can't get on board with that right like to me like I think Claudio ringers probably has more of a shout you know for being higher up on that list than than Landon Donovan, but again, i mean donovan did it with the national team, which you know that's there's something to be said about that, but for mm-hmm. his career in terms of like was he a world class winger throughout his career not you know not just specifically national team, yeah, I don't know.
0: Ryan, like right. Oh, I mean, he, I think there's. you to have to I argue. It. Yeah, and I, I don't think he was a world-class winger uh, by any stretch of the imagination, and that I mean, just his staying power in Europe, or or lack thereof, really is is the proof there. Uh, and I think that's why Jurgen Klinsmann uh, had a bone to pick with him, to be honest. Is I think that Jurgen stuck his neck out uh, for Donovan on the club side and it didn't pay off very well. So when they were together again for the, with the national team, that's, I think that's the main reason for the snub there. That was oh, that when he went retired. to Bayern
1: Munich for like, yes, a little bit.
0: Yeah. As far as I understand it, Jurgen was the one that really caped for him to get there. And then it mm. d- didn't work out obviously. And then I think Donovan took off 2013. Was it?
1: Yeah. He went on the sabbatical. Right.
0: Yeah. And then Klinsman was like, well, yeah, you're not coming back. So what, what are you doing? Like you're not going to play on you're not going to play in this world cup. So anyway, we may have gone down a rabbit hole here, but, uh, Clint, there there will be an episode talking about, amen. (laughs) Also give Christian Pulisic the come up and see dessert. That guy is legit, uh, and i don't care that it's you know we've only seen two games with him back if that guy is healthy he is a superstar so
1: no yeah. health is the only question and there's a reason why every, almost all the big teams in the world wanted him and it wasn't because it was going to just going to sell american jerseys right right because knowing the american soccer fan they're not going to buy it anyways just so yeah. they can be different
0: <laughs> absolutely that is 100% correct the american soccer fan like the the foundation of fans is far too hipster to be into that so
1: yeah it's contrarian for the sake of being contrarian
0: that's why they're all Tottenham fans right yeah apparently
1: (laughs) it's like they enjoy the 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 what what is it they enjoy the suffering
0: yes yes that's that well that's it it's a safe one to pick right you're not a front runner but it's still a good team uh you know not a front-runner, but it's not Burnley, I guess I'll say. Yes, right? that's true. So, yeah,
1: give me, find, find me like someone like you know, Max who supports West Ham, and I'm like, okay, yes, yes. Re- respect there because, man, <laughs> there's not a lot to cheer for.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it's much like my NFL existence, right? Uh, I grew up in Los Angeles, of course, and the Raiders and Rams left when I was a little kid. Never really followed the NFL until I moved to Cleveland. Um and now until the end of time, we will be Cleveland Browns fans, despite uh, it just being upset after upset after upset. So
1: yeah. it's how anyways. you teach yourself lessons about, you know, humility and, and yeah. you know, and how to make it through tough times.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, it sure. It certainly makes the LAFC wins much sweeter. Um, and I guess with that, we can segue right into it. Uh, the, very imaginatively named MLS's back cup or tournament or whatever it is starts in two weeks now, Josh. Mm-hmm. Uh, so everybody's the first... flying to Orlando. I don't know when LAFC is getting there.
1: I think but... they're one of the last teams to arrive, but I think because they obviously they're in the last part of the group play. So first right. set of teams have arrived and so far only two players have tested positive so you know it's a good sign at least for maintaining the bubble as best as they can so i saw something so,
0: today that 18 players had tested positive
1: i thought it was two but maybe i was reading or i looked at it at the wrong time
0: and it might have been that those players didn't travel i don't know i'm not i'm not exactly sure i saw that i thought it was two jeff carlile it was
1: like yeah cuz i think there were some that tested the maybe there was at the 18 ahead of traveling
0: oh yeah yeah, but here's two, Jeff two, yeah,
1: and then I think two specifically tested positive at or in okay, when they got there. They there.
0: Got it. Oh yeah, I see what. Yep, you're you're exactly right. Here's Jeff Carlisle's report. Eighteen players and six staff have uh, had positive PCR tests prior to traveling to Orlando. Total of 668 players have been tested since early June in Orlando. There have been 329 tests on site with two players testing positive. So yeah, both right in different ways there. Um, What's what's your what's your take on all this, Josh? What uh, are they doing the right thing having this tournament? Are are Here's
1: they the thing, taking like, the right
0: precautions? What do you think?
1: At the end of the day, it, this is about nothing but but money and market share, right? Mm-hmm. And again, maybe this is the cynic in me that's coming out, you know. And again, because you have an opportunity where nothing else is happening, right? There's no baseball yet, right? You know those types of things. Um, so you're you're trying to take advantage of of what's not happening, right? Um, you know, because again, now that even the Premier League has all the European leagues are pretty much done now and Champions League doesn't start back until August, you really have the attention available there. Yeah. So yeah. with that in mind, right, this is largely, you know, them them saying, Hey ESPN, you know, like we're gonna do you a solid because I think ESPN ABC is basically the whole floating the whole thing.
0: Right, like the Disney. Well, I mean, Corporation. Yeah, it's at Disney World, right? So it's at Disney World, it's all one yeah, and
1: and it's basically being broadcast on their channels. Right. Mm-hmm. So this is an opportunity for them to make up a lot of the money that wouldn't typically be lost um in national television um revenue, right? Because again, those contracts were signed already, so which means if they don't do it, they have to pay that back. Whether or not the league has the available capital to do that right away, don't know. Probably not. Right. Some the league. Well individual not. teams maybe, but the league <laughs> as a whole, right? But again, oh, the league I mean, is I mean techni- Soccer
0: United Marketing does probably. Oh I think it's yeah S O M E yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah you're right. Right. So I mean again as in terms of how it's managed this is the this is now the time where um, the the league technically being a single entity now comes into into like this is where it works out well. Mhm right, mm-hmm. in the sense that you can you can make something like this happen, whereas you can see it's a lot harder to happen in something like um like major league baseball, right where I don't think they have its franchises and I think they're individually owned teams um but maybe maybe not, but anyway it's where it's a lot more difficult to do some of these things with uh, in other leagues, so again, most of this is going to be you know again those those media and money partnerships trying to come to some kind of agreement where they can say, okay, we'll call it even, right? If by letting you do these types of things and so on and so forth. So again, maybe I'm just being cynical about it. I'm happy that they're coming back. Um, I'm not sure you could have done it in a better way. <coughs> Sorry. Then then, the way that they're going about it with the bubble. Um, mm-hmm. the, the travels, to, other than maybe doing two separate Eastern Western conference leagues and then having them play separate schedules. Right. i would mean, be like East plays East West plays West. Yeah. And then yeah. you hope by the time that all of that's done, that there's, you know, now you can continue to limit the exposure because it's less teams traveling and so on and so forth. Right. Um, right. That's think, probably I the only the other the way. problem
0: you'd run into there. I, I do think that would have been a good idea. Send everybody to Reno or some, you know, some small town somewhere where you can play or Reno probably doesn't have enough stadiums, but, um, where you ha- you do the east and west thing, uh, the, the I think the snag there is you'd have to quarantine in between. Once the you know once the you go on to group stage or semifinals or whenever it is that you finally get back together, uh, you're gonna have to quarantine for 14 days once you get there, to make sure nobody's contracted it. So I think that would be the 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 limit. Well, I'm, I'm talking
1: about like you basically let them travel the way that the English teams are doing it right now.
0: Oh, okay, yeah,
1: yeah. And you just and you just basically cut the country in half. Um, yeah, so I think the other thing would be to do three divisions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you just limit the travel as much as possible, and then once you've picked the playoff teams, then then uh, you whittled it down to what a third. Of what you had before, yeah, maybe yeah, you do right. four playoff teams from each division and go from there.
0: Yeah. So uh, as far as the mechanics go, it seems like it's basically you know like your standard. There's going to be group play, you move on to a knockout stage, semifinals, finals, all that stuff, right? Um, LaFC is in Group F. I don't I don't know if there's a whole lot of value in going through the mechanics. I I seem to remember reading something somewhere that. The group stage is going to count towards the regular season once that resumes. I am assuming yeah, I in the those, fall. Games,
1: those games count towards their regular season record, like so. It's on top of the what the two games that we played already.
0: Okay. Okay. Got it. Um, so our group again uh, is LAFC, obviously the Galaxy, uh, which I'm sure is just a coincidence, and Portland and Houston as well. Um, not exactly a group of death, but uh, a fairly stacked group, I'd say, with LAFC, Galaxy, and and Portland all in the same group. I think you have three really solid teams that could all look to advance. Uh, based on the 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 mechanism for advancing, you know, the top two teams are going to advance automatically. And then some combination of third-place teams are, are going to advance as well based on points and goals or whatever. Um, Josh, what are, what are your feelings about this group?
1: Um, so as it pertains to LAFC's group, I think the biggest thing is that the only two teams that I feel like have a defined style or at least substance to play are the two Los Angeles teams. Um, Portland having lost Brian Fernandez and not really – haven't quite replaced him yet, I don't think, right? I think they may have signed uh, a midfielder, but did they sign a uh, Striker yet?
0: I don't think they have, but admittedly, I, I feel kind of uh, disconnected from all that at this point. So,
1: yeah, so I mean, really I don't sure. think they've really, I mean, at least in the beginning, I hadn't heard that, you know, there's no news about them having someone that was going to feature up top at the number nine position for them other than um, a Bovisi. And then again, same thing with Houston. They've you know haven't quite figured out what they're doing in the new Tab Ramos era, how they're going to kind of build that team around his vision and so on and so forth. So, I mean, I think that's the one thing in this group. It's it's going to come down to you know L.A.F.C. having the most defined style because even even the Galaxy to a certain degree, right, are still trying to play like they have Zlatan on the team, but with Chicharito, which is not working out well for them either. So. <clears throat> Um, you know, LAFC really have the only, you know, the only team that have that defined style that you can say, okay, this is what I expect to see from them going forward.
0: Yeah, and I think uh, even if even if Vela doesn't go uh, and play in the tournament, which at this point um, seems somewhat likely, given that his wife is about to be giving birth, um, and he is a family man, and I, I don't, I don't begrudge him at all for wanting to be there for the birth of his child rather than uh, playing in a silly little MLS tournament. Um, I think LAFC can play that style uh, without him. Obviously, not a, not at such a high level, but I think if you put you know uh, Raíto on the other side or. or whoever it is to play in his spot on the right wing, I think you can still do plenty of damage um, in that attack. Um, so I, I do think LAFC is well poised. I mean, they, we have no reason to believe otherwise uh, that they can that they can go far in the tournament uh, yeah, regardless of think, what group they're in.
1: And especially with, again, no one having had the time to vet in new players the, the way that you would like to or at least set up a way of... you. A style of play, you know, in that same vein, um, you know, I think, like you said, they are the best poised. They've done it before, right? You know, mm-hmm. rewind a couple of years, but go during the World Cup break, <laughs> um, they yeah. had to play without Vela in that position, and you know, and they did fairly well.
0: Hmm. Hmm. And I mean, Dio had some monster games when Vela was away as well. Uh, I think if he's uh, he's the kind of striker that can be more of a focal point. Uh, if, you know, he doesn't have somebody on the wing just destroying everybody in the league. So uh, and then you have BWP to help uh, keep his legs fresh. Um, the midfield is, is is stacked at this point. I mean, you returned all your midfielders, plus you added Janela and, and Fuentes. They went out and just signed Andy Nahar as well. Um, so I would assume that Blackman and Segura are going to be the, the center-back pairing, um, even though Jakovic lo- has looked good, um, filling in that spot as well. So, I, I, I mean, I have no reason to doubt that they can do really well. So, yeah, I, I, I I am excited to see them in action again.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, and I think having watched, you know, a lot of Liverpool and Man City as of late and kind of breaking down the differences between the two and, you know, what Klopp did differently from, from Pep, these are some of the things that you know, I'm, I'm kind of excited to see if Bob will imp- implement going forward because he does have now two fullbacks who are a little bit more known for their distribution as compared to Harvey and and, and Beta who are n- a little bit more on the steady side, right? Like they're known for their mm-hmm. positioning and their ability to be in the right place at the right time, which is something sim- probably closer to what Pep would do before having, you know, Having the one of the the backs tuck into a, back, um. Having one of the fullbacks tuck into a back three, um, and then one of them advances a little bit farther forward, which I think is usually Harvey tucked in, and then Beta is the one that plays in the midfield, um. As opposed to now with Nahar and uh, and Cheeky Palacios, right? You expect them, to, you know, you know, can they utilize a little bit more of their ability to get forward and get. And uh, you know maybe use them to switch the field and 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 some of those things a little bit more effectively to now get teams off off balance in the middle third as opposed to waiting until the in waiting until the final third, which requires a little bit more from your midfielders. Which again, whether they can do that, I'm not sure yet. They have you know they haven't proved it on a consistent basis to do it. You know in the biggest games. You know like I said, we've seen the midfield kind of fall apart a little bit against the Galaxy and. <laughs> at- <coughs> and so on and so forth.
0: Yeah, I, I think uh, the biggest hole if Vela doesn't play is probably who plays at the 10 because I don't think the, the anti-10 that Latif typically plays works as well if you don't have such a creative force like Vela who can create something out of nothing uh, seemingly every time they get the ball into the, into the final third uh, I don't think that works as well with just, you know, either Raito or, or whoever it is out there on the on the right wing. I I, I just don't see it working as well. So I, I would imagine, I don't know who that is because there are no 10s really on the team. I mean, Atuesta can probably handle it. I mean, his distribution is fantastic. Uh, Cefuentes has been, at least when he plays with, his national team. He's a he's a good defensive presence, so maybe he can play at the six, and Atuesta can move up. Um, but I think I think that's going to be the big gap. Um, and I mean, maybe it's Diomande dropping farther into the midfield to help to help create. I, I don't I don't know what that'll be, but um, certainly not having Vela would would present some interesting challenges for Bob to try and to try and figure out. So yeah,
1: I mean, but I think that's where you know, Liverpool become your a better example of how you, you may look to adjust because they don't play with a 10, right? I mean, they got rid of mm-hmm. Coutinho, mm-hmm. and their creative force comes from the fullbacks. And so, right. again, yeah, maybe it's putting too much on guys who we haven't seen yet. But, I mean, the has been with the team since last year, right? So it's not yeah. like he's completely new, new to the team. The signing was just announced, but... He's been there since the supporter shield, I think. Um, it's mm-hmm. as long as he's been with physically been with the team, so you know, like they've had a long time to vet him in different ways and so on and so forth. And so, um, yeah, I mean, again, that would be a way around not having that true creator in the middle of the field, <coughs> whether it be from a winger like Velo or a number ten midfielder, is to have the the fullbacks create a little bit more. But again, it remains to see what to be seen what what direction they'll go because obviously this is uncharted territory for every team not just lafc yeah
0: it'll be interesting to see what these what these teams do uh in a tournament like this where you can expect people to or you can expect managers to put in a solid defensive game plan you know don't we can't let too many goals in we're worried about our goal differential we're worried about uh earning points in the group stage. And then obviously in the knockout stage, nobody wants to get blown out uh, and, and, and lose that way. So it'll be interesting to see who comes out rather cautious. I could, I, I would expect Portland to bunker. Um, I don't think Galaxy are capable of bunkering. I think, I mean, unless something has changed in the past three or four months since we've all been locked down, like you said, Their game is to whip in aerial crosses for Chicharito, who is not the aerial threat that Zlatan was. Um, Which, again, as an LAFC fan, just makes me—it makes my soul sing—to see them playing uh, that way. Still, I mean, and then Houston—I'm not really sure what to make of them now that Top Ramos is in charge. In the past, Tob's teams have been, uh, you know, like a kind of a counter-pressing, high-paced team. So it'll be interesting to see what he comes out and does in this. Um, I feel like there's quite a few unknowns uh, involved involved in this group. If we advance, we're going to play. uh, It depends on where we advance from. Um, it looks like we could easily play Seattle or Dallas or Atlanta United or possibly Red Bull, depending on how those teams place in their brackets. Um, and that would be in the knockout stage. So obviously must-win games. Uh, any of those teams give you fits, Josh?
1: Not really. Most of them are just kind of boring to watch. Yeah. yeah. But they kind of feel that about most of Major League Soccer outside of Atlanta and LAFC, to be fair. Yeah.
0: Of course, Atlanta don't have Joseph Martinez um, ACL. Is that what it was? I think? Yeah, torn ACL. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what comes of those teams. Uh, I think Seattle is obviously well poised. I, I don't think Seattle really lost anybody since they won last season. No, and
1: I think they've brought in some reinforcements as well. So again, it'll be a tough team as always, but. Seattle teams are always tough to play because they're well coached, they're well prepared, you mm-hmm. know, and they don't, you know, and they're they're not going to lose games, right? You're going to have to beat them.
0: Yeah, right. Right. You're going to have to commit tactical fouls to keep them from scoring on the break as well. Yeah. Edward Atuesta. Aye, aye. Tactical fouls, my friend. Um All right. Well, did we miss anything here in kind of previewing this tournament or
1: no, and I'm sure we'll get back to it you know we'll we'll probably revisit some of these things as more news comes out um you know obviously we just want to get back on here record a little bit um you know, just get back in touch with everyone and so on and so forth as we get closer to the the re- you know the restart of the season and um you know it's good to be back good to talk to everyone, good to kind of just talk football again and Talk some of these ideas out that we have. Um, you know, mm-hmm. we hope that everyone's doing well. Everyone is safe. Um, and again, and expect to hear us, us to be back again, hopefully sooner than later. Talking about more um, <clears throat> about more of these things as the time comes.
0: Yeah. Uh, until that time, you can hit us up on Twitter at CounterPress underscore or myself at Kirk Kinsey Josh U. LAFC Josh on Twitter. All right. Let us know what you think. Let us know if you have any questions or if there's something that we missed and we can talk about in the next episode. But until that time, we will see you all later. Bye.